Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. As uh, the plague continues across the planet or around the planet, we continue to try to focus on one important thing that drives your life. And that, my friend, food, no, is money. How Ah. are you going to get the food without the money? That's a good point. You don't even run for about 18 years without the the money. I know. I did. (laughs) My daughter's got chickens. I know your daughter does have chickens. Yeah, Yeah, she has chickens. Yeah, and you know, I I compare the cost of managing the chickens to the cost of buying a dozen eggs at Walmart, and I just don't see the economic benefit. It doesn't. It doesn't pass the monetary good sense test. I'd rather just go buy those eggs and put them right in the (laughs) reefer. Pull them out whenever I need them. Don't wait for those chickens. And they're cheap. But, you know, I was like, I think though, I bought eggs at Walmart recently, like a dollar seventeen a dozen. That's pretty cheap. And I don't know even what they run. So, yeah, you but, don't. You, you know, don't chickens pay and money do go together. You go to the together. rich people stores. Yeah, you, chickens and money do go together, as you know. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, a very well-known NFL star said. Y'all take care of your chickens. That's right. Oh, yeah. I forgot all about that. Well, hello. What I was getting to before Tom wanted to bring up food was the fact that (laughs) you're now listening to Talking Real Money, the show about, well, real money, and uh, you joining us to talk about it as we talk about it, too. You have an inalienable right to call this show at 855-935-TALK every Saturday. I thought you are no, that's your eight five five nine three five talk. You don't have an inalienable right to money. No, just to call us. No, and talk about it. We give yeah. you that right. We the okay. the talking real money constitution, First Amendment, whatever Guarantees? you you are guaranteed the right to call us for okay. now today. Eight five five nine three five talk. You can call us twenty four seven too, as long as we keep the number active. We ever shut the number down? Your right is denied. Uh, Any anything goes, money related. Yeah, you got it. Not politics, because there's eighty thousand of those things out there. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, yeah, not even a couple of weeks. It was about a week ago. Our good friend Mark Hulbert um, wrote an article about financial literacy in America (laughs) and the shocking lack thereof. I mean, it is shocking lack thereof. There are three questions, three questions that a literacy group asks people about money. Three, three questions, three. And And what happens if you can answer all three? What happens? You get like an egg or a chicken or you're you're apparently smarter than 60 percent of the third of the pop two-thirds of the population about money okay if you get all three because only 34 percent of adults between 38 and 64 got all three right all right now wait hold on if you think that's bad millennials 
got yeah. 16%. Only 16% yeah, got I mean, all three right. Yeah, we're going to pick on them anyway. We've got to have okay, somebody wait. These questions, beat up. I'm not going to give you the answers right away. We're going to ask you these. These are the three questions. If one of them's what's your favorite color, Answer I'm going to be Answer me these questions three. <laughs> you, go, you, you saw where I was headed what, there, good man. What is your favorite color? Ah, <laughs> uh, see, that's the one I always got wrong. <laughs> what? No blue, no red. Ah, God, sorry. Okay. Dun, yes. dun, 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 All right, We're here really we go. Are you ready? Ourselves. These are three yeah. questions. All right. Pay attention. Listening. All right. Suppose you had $100 in a savings account. And the interest rate was 2% per year. After five years, how much money do you think you would have in the account if you left the money to grow? Now, I'm going to tell you, you don't even have to do the math. It's multiple choice. You get to choose your answer. And there's only three answers. I have a question for you, though. First, does my wife know about this money? Uh, You know... I don't know it matters because it's only a hundred bucks. She's not going to care that much. Okay. All right. I'm just asking. So after five right. years, you got a hundred dollars yeah. in a savings account, two yeah. percent per year. Five years later, how yep. much money do you have? Here are your okay. answers. A, more than one hundred and two dollars. Okay. B, exactly one hundred and two dollars, or C, less than one hundred and two dollars. Okay, got I've had one. my hand up for a long time, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you so can't answer it yet. So you know. We're going to do it. We're going right. to do this after the break. Actually, we're going to do the rest of the questions after the break. Well, that break got here fast, <laughs> didn't it? Well, we're monkeying around about chickens yeah. and eggs. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to ponder that question because I know that was a toughie. So <laughs> you think of your answer. And if you can't answer that, think about the, the quest or the color. One of those two. We'll ask then that. we have two more questions for you. 855-935-TALK. Tom and Don are talking real money. Everybody needs help with their money now and again. And if you need more help than we can give in the course of this podcast or show, set up an appointment with one of our advisors for a free actual meeting with no obligation and no high-pressure sales pitch. Just go to Vestory.com, that's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com, or call 800-386-3004. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Hello again. Welcome back to our little get-together called Talking Real Money, the show uh, that talks about real money. Hi, I'm Don McDonald. Over there is Tom Cock. We are sharing some questions on financial literacy. Um, and uh, the second question, I know you pondered that first one. We're not going to give you the answers yet. We're going to, we're, we're, we got a little, we got a little game going on here. So pay attention. All right. Imagine that the interest rate on your savings account was 1% per year. Okay. Got it? 1% per year on your savings account. You don't even have to imagine. You'd be lucky if you got that. And yeah. inflation was 2% per year. After Sound one, familiar, by the way? <laughs> Go ahead. After yeah. one year, how much would you be able to buy with the money in this account? How much would you be able to buy? Question. I mean, answers. More than today, exactly the same. Or less than today. Okay, that's question two. That's yes. I'm going to give question one again, just for everybody, because we got a little contest going. Paying attention. Okay, buying a single. This is the last one. Buying a single company stock. I'm 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 
doing this slowly so you get the point. Buying a single company stock usually provides a safer return than a stock mutual fund. You only have two answers to this one. True what? or false. Single stock versus stock mutual fund. Which usually provides a safer return. And again, the first question. Safer. safer. $100 in a savings account at yeah. 2% per year. After five years, how much would you have if you left it? More than 102, exactly 102, less than 102. You now have your three questions. Here is your challenge. The first person yes. to call with three correct answers. Tom is going to provide you with $25 worth of stuff at Starbucks at 855-935-TALK. Well, it's, and it's here, by the way. It's right inside talk. my... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Give the number again. 855-935-TALK. 855-935-TALK. Yeah, and it's in my... You have to come here. It's in my It's in my kitchen right there. That it's just your, so it's, it's a, actually, <laughs> it's, he's, got a, he's got one of those Starbucks coffee makers. So he's yeah, just going to pour you, you like five some, cups of coffee. Pick up some furniture while you're no, here. He's he's gonna gonna give you, he's, no, he's going to give you... stuff. No. We're actually going to give you a gift certificate. A gift certificate. But while we're waiting, while we're waiting, I'm going to ask you. Apparently, a nobody knows. No, it, I'm going to be really disappointed if our audience doesn't know the answers to those Somebody three questions. Somebody will Okay. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. If the stock you own went up 5% a year, yeah. how much are you making? Well, if the stock you own went up wait, 5% a wait, year, wait, 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 how wait. much are you making? How much am I making or have made? Yeah. I think that's what I said. How much are you making? Mm, so I... I, I, if it has gone up 5% yes, in the year. past year, yeah, I have made 5%. Yeah. How much are you making? I have made 5%. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, come on, man. Uh, You're not making anything. I know, I because it's for future I, okay, tense. Thank you. Future but tense. people say that all the time. Hey, I'm making 5% in the yeah. market. No, you're not. You're not. You're okay. Let me just finish this before we go to the calls. Okay. You're only going to making money if yeah. it's in a savings account or if you own a bond or some sort of security that's paying you interest. When you put it in stocks, you're not making anything. Number one, it's always past tense. Number two, nobody has any idea what stocks will make in the future. So please do not use that term. That drives me up a tree. It's a Tom pet peeve of the day. <laughs> On talking real money. <laughs> All right, so we do have a we do have a a, a, a contestant in yes. our financial literacy quiz. Step in, Moira. Welcome to Talking Real Money. And uh, are you ready to, for your questions again? Sure. All right, Moira. Here's the first question. You have a hundred bucks in a savings account. Interest rate is two percent per year. After five years, are you going to have more than one hundred and two? Exactly one hundred and two, or less than one hundred and two? And you're out of lifelines. Uh, I'm going to have more than 102. Really? All right. Wow. And we have no sound effects to go with that. I know. I was going to try to find a horn or something. Right. I go uh, get the dog to bark, maybe. Yeah, no. You can't get the dog to bark when you want the dog to bark. The dog <laughs> only true. barks when you don't want the dog to bark. All right. Next Too question. Sure. You're earning 1% per year on your savings account. Inflation is 2% per year. After a year... Would you be able to buy more than today, exactly the same, or less than today? So, okay, this can, this is a little confusing, but I think... All right, let me give it to you again. Inflation. Let me give it to you again. Okay. I'll give you a chance. Hold on. You have a savings account that pays 1% per year, and inflation is 2%. After one year, how much will you be able to buy with the money in this account? More than today, exactly the same, or less than today? I would say less than today. 
correct on Woo! two. Finally, yeah. the final question. Yeah. With all the money on the line. <laughs> with the whole, dun, dun, the whole 25 bucks. Of... Hey, what, 25 bucks. Hey, all right, here we go. Buying a single company stock usually provides a safer return than a stock mutual fund. True or false? False. We have our winner. Ding, 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 ding. All Wait, right. I got to ask her one more question. Okay, here quick. you go. And this what one doesn't count. Favorite you, already, color? you already won. No, what's your favorite color? We should, we should <laughs> have asked that first. Green. Money. No, right. I'm green. 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 All right. And she has Her, the right wow. answer again. Wow. You're really on it. You def, You get a You get a uh, gold star on your gift card. Tom's going to so, just throw one on in all seriousness, Moira, thank you, for, thank you for calling and playing along. And, and Stacy, back at our... Kelly at the station, if you could get your phone number, we'll call you and we'll get the certificate to you. So, yeah, thank you for playing. That was very kind of you. Good answers, by the way. So you you just you just separated yourself from what two thirds of America is that what you yeah, exactly? Said? Only thirty four percent of adults over thirty, I think six or whatever. Only thirty four percent of adults got all three of those correct. Only let's, let's talk about them four percent. Well, let's talk about them. First one was, uh, which one? I forget. I don't have them in order here. Oh, I do. Uh, the first one was, well, come on. They're too easy. $100 in a savings account at yeah. 2% per year. You can have more money yeah. or less in five so years. So at the end of the year, you're going to have $102. Right. The end of two years, yeah. you're going to have $102. And you're going to have $104.20, yeah. et cetera. I'm yeah. not doing the math. Okay. I think I got that one. I'm figured. sucking down some Chick Fil A. It was ice the tea. next one that she was she was wondering about. Right. Well, the that's inflation at one percent, and then inflation is increasing the prices by two. Mm -hmm. So if you're the savings is only increasing by one, but the price of everything's going up by two, you can't buy as much. So you have a hundred dollar item right no. now, and you earn one percent. So at the end of the year, you're going to have a hundred and one dollars, but inflation caused that item to go to a hundred and two dollars. Yeah. So you get less. So you get less. And by the way, this is uh, the reason I said sounds very familiar because that's basically the situation we're in today. Mm -hmm. I think we talked last week about the fact that uh, savings rate today, typical savings accounts about uh, 60, six tenths of 1% a year. Is and it inflation that high? is running. It's somewhere about that's what it said in the journal. And inflation is running somewhere between one and a half and 2%, somewhere in that area. So the people, those of you listening, uh, the $13 trillion of you that have it in savings, Yes, you are losing out every day to rising prices for reasons that I struggle to understand, other than you feel good because the same amount of money is there every day. Which right, it's psychological. Good, it's, it's a game we play with our brains. Crazy. And then one stock versus a stock mutual fund. If you own more of something, you're diversified. That's less risky than just having it all in, even if it starts with VAX, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. 855-935-TALK. Give us a call. You have some questions about money? You want to become more financially literate? You want to enjoy a better future? You need to call. Tom and Don are talking real money. There's a science to managing money. I call it financial physics, and you can get a free copy of my easy-to-read book, Financial Physics, at TalkingRealMoney.com slash free, or there's an interactive version available on Apple iBooks. It's called Financial Physics. That's spelled with an F, and you can get it free at TalkingRealMoney.com slash free or in the Apple Bookstore. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are yeah. talking real money. 
I just checked, and according to the FDIC from just a few days ago, the average <laughs> I'm making you more money. interest yeah. rate on savings accounts in the United States of America is <laughs> is zero point zero five percent. Five one hundredths of one percent. Yeah, five what we call in the business basis points. Yeah, five one hundredths. So it's worse than I I stated. And by the way, the number I had was from the Wall Street Journal a week ago. Yeah, and you know, that may have been including short. (laughs) That could be including treasuries or. It's not much. It's not much. There's no reason, by the way, to hold cash other than you're waiting for the price of something to go down to buy it. Or you're going to buy something tomorrow. Or it's for emergencies. Yeah, but even then, well, we could get into an argument again about owning short-term bonds, but. Right, Which, but you by keep the way, it. Yeah. Up um, and by the way, the year. average interest rate as of October 2020, according to Bankrate, on money market accounts is 0.11. Yeah. Wow. So I wonder where this journal came I up with that. I don't know where they got that. I don't know. Eight five five nine three five. Talk. Call. We'll talk about money with you and about anything that has to do with money. Sam, you're up. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Hey, I called last week, and my question to you was comparing ETF like Index 500 to the regular mutual fund 500. But my um, the question I wasn't able to ask is, does the ETF celebrate dividends and capital gains? The ETFs do pay dividends, but they don't realize capital gains. It's an important differentiation, by the way, because if you're tax sensitive, then owning an exchange-traded fund does make more sense. They sort of push them out. The way they're designed is designed to be more tax-efficient. So you don't pay uh, capital gains tax. I mean, pardon me, or any of those things, right? They push forward. um, um, I'm forgetting the other other thing they don't – you don't have to pay tax on. But they are better in terms of being in a taxable environment – than a mutual fund, but only if your tax rate is of a yeah. certain and, level, too. And here's the, the deal with specific. mutual funds, actively managed mm-hmm. mutual funds are going to realize lots and lots of gains. So they're going to just, they have to distribute those in the year they earned them. Even a passive fund, though, occasionally will realize capital gains and have to distribute that in the year they earned them. ETFs never realize capital gains. The, the capital gains are only realized when the owner of the ETF sells the ETF. Okay. Can I ask one more question? Sure. Please okay, do. tax re- tax related. When you make x okay over a certain amount of money, like over eighty five thousand, for instance, your Medicare goes up. Is your Social Security even supposedly it's taxed at eighty five percent? Correct, Social Security. Yes, Social Security gets taxed at an eighty five percent of your of the yeah of of the the benefit but it it doesn't kick in until and I don't remember what the number is I forget the number you got to make a certain amount before that becomes relevant but does the total amount of social security play into your gross income does the, oh does the, you no, adding, okay no, yeah. no 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 not not for calculating Okay, if you now here I got the latest. If you earn between tw- if you earn outside of social security between 25 and 34,000, dollars 50% of your social security benefit is taxable at your income rate. If you earn more than $34,000 from outside of social security, employment income, taxable income, then you're uh you're taxed at 85% of your benefits. That's the latest from SS from the Social Security Administration. But is the total amount of Social Security 
um, calculated when, like, for Medicare? Do you know that question possibly? Do you understand? Oh, is it is it is it count? Oh, oh, oh! Are you saying is Social Security calculated for whether or not you're paying on Medicare? Well, um, no, because if you hit, even though okay, let's say you make ten thousand in Social Security and I'm taxed at eighty five hundred, correct? But the okay. whole amount of ten thousand plus all my dividends and interest go to my calculation to pay Medicare. Whereas only uh, my understanding is that it is the portion of the Social Security benefits that is taxable. But I'm not a tax person. That's what I've read is that, for example, if 50 percent of your Social Security benefit is taxable, you add that to your non-taxable interest and the like. That comes up to be, I think they call it combined income or something. And I think that's what they're talking about. But I'm not an accountant, so don't hold me to it. And by the way, it's another reason to, if you're still making money, to delay Social Security. That's what I was trying to get. and Don are talking real money. If you don't have a financial plan, well, sometimes you just need a little help getting started. And we offer that free help to anybody in a meeting with one of our fiduciary advisors. To set one up, just go to Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com, or call 800-386-3004. There's no obligation, no cost, and I promise, no sales pitch. for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hey there, welcome back to the program. I'm Don McDonald, along with uh, my good friend and longtime co-host, co-worker, co-annoyer, Tom Cock, 855-935-TALK is our number. Man, suddenly I just forgot what I was saying. 855-935-8255. Give us a call. We'll talk about a lot of stuff money oriented and things that bother us, like Tom is bothered by people saying, you know, I, I'm making blank. Yeah, it bothers him. What bothers me is <laughs> when the Motley Fool makes some sort of a uh, pronouncement like uh, and, and they do it. I know it's just clickbait. I know it's clickbait, but it bothers yep. me so much. You know, the one stock you should own today or whatever, well, like this one, the one Get this. The one must have investment if you're worried about a stock market crash. Now, you are going to want to click all over that, aren't you? Everybody is because everybody's always worried about a stock market crash because that means your money, I guess, is gone somehow. It's not coming back. It's it. It's crashed, it's, it's, which is silly. But, yeah, you want to know that thing you got to have to avoid the crash. Sure. Here, you're going to think, wow, this is something really esoteric and special. And I bet nobody knows about this, but the Motley Fool and soon me. Those Gardner brothers have been down in the lab coming up with the next best thing. So, of course, Don clicked on it so you don't have to. (laughs) Because I do that. I click on those things there. Here's the one investment. The one, the one, like it's the only one, quote, the one investment that will give your savings the best shot at recovering from even the worst market downturn. Are you ready, ladies and gentlemen? Please do. The S&P 500? An index fund? The S&P 500 index fund? 
the Gardner brothers who said mutual funds were bad, said you shouldn't own those just by the stocks that you know, the companies that only go up. Why would you own an index fund? Well, apparently because it uh, it does, as they show in their fancy chart, even after a big decline like 2008, it's tended to go back up. What their chart does not show, which is really fascinating, because they start their chart in 2007. I wish they'd started their chart in 2000. If they'd started their chart in 2000, it would have painted a very, very different picture because you would have seen that where you started in 2000 was actually higher than where you ended at the beginning of 2010. Yeah, you had a decade of, I think they called it the lost decade for the Standard & Poor's 500. With dividends, with dividends reinvested, over 10 years, the S&P 500 lost Almost 1% per year, just under 1% per year. Now, without the dividends, if you had spent those dividends, you would have been down over 3% per year. Would have been horrible. So, yeah, and I love what they're saying. The reason you own the S&P 500, this has, by the way, diversification, that's what they're saying, instant diversification. That will not necessarily save you from a stock market crash. Nope. There are times when all stocks go down. They've done it, right? 2008 wasn't that long ago. Uh, there's other periods, 73, 74, for those of us old enough to remember the early 1970s. Um, so it's a silly thing to say. Uh, and instant diversification, frankly, just owning the S&P 500, as we've talked about many times on this program and many other places, is not nearly the diversification you should have. Because what we forget is that while it is 500 stocks, of those 500 stocks, 7% of your portfolio is one single company. One company is 7% of your entire investment. Two companies make up over 13% of your total investment. Three companies make up 19% of your total investment. Three companies. Four companies make up over 21% of your total investment. And five companies make up over 25% of your total investment. Now you're talking about the Fama stocks, formerly known as the Fang stocks. Yeah. Yeah, because Netflix got kicked out of that list. The alphabets yeah, took over. The, the alphabets. So you still got Microsoft in there. You still what, got Amazon yeah. in there. What's you the one that's seven percent? Uh, that's got to be Apple. I and guess, what's the right? one that's second? Microsoft. Amazon. Microsoft. Oh, Microsoft. Hard to keep track. But of that's twenty-five percent. That's not those that's stocks seven. have made forty-nine percent this year. You wanted to be in them, but not to the extent that you are in the standard Force five. Tom and Don are talking real money. Before you end up buying a financial product that you'll regret later, either call us on the podcast or the show, or if you need a little more time, that's why we offer free meetings with our fiduciary advisors at Vestory with no cost, no obligation, and no high-pressure sales pitch, I promise. Just give us a call at 800-386-3004, or better yet, just set up an appointment at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. So, if you're confused about investing, you probably could use a little help. 
That's why we're here. Give us a call at 855-935-TALK. I'm Don. That's Tom. This is Talking Real Money. Before the break, we were talking about the Motley Fool's ridiculous claims that something like the S&P 500 is the way to save yourself from a market crash. Well, we believe in a diversified portfolio and its ability to make a decline more comfortable. But we that is their approach is we we think investing simple. Theirs is just ridiculously simplistic. It's stupidly simplistic. It is not that simple. You need to have a plan for your tolerance for risk and need to take. Yeah, and I think the part that, in addition to, again, the the idea that you could hold a wide basket of stocks that would protect you from a crash is in has been incorrect several times, right? Just mention that. Um, But if you wanted to give yourself a little additional protection in the stocks you own, you just diversify more. The Standard Poor's 500 is 500 out of about four or 5,000 publicly traded companies in the country. Mm -hmm. So you'd add all those in. Those are smaller companies in value, et cetera. And here's the part that I think I mentioned on a podcast this weekend. You want to own international stocks. Yes, please keep calling us and telling me why it's a bad idea, because I'm going to tell you you're wrong many ways over. That podcast will air tomorrow. Thank you. And the, the reality has been longer in longer periods of time, not the last 10 years. I know we all suffer from recency bias, mm-hmm. but over long periods of time, you've actually made a little bit more. You've reduced your volatility. And frankly, just intuitively, your risk has to be lower by owning more of something than less. And let me give you some numbers to back that point up. Using a portfolio very, very similar to, the, to what you just talked about. Uh, large company stocks, small company stocks, value stocks, and split half U.S., half international. If you had owned that kind of a portfolio between January 1, 2000 and the and December 31, 2009, 10 years, you would have lost about 1% per year with the S&P 500. You would have gained over 6% per year with a diversified portfolio. And I, yes, we already know the last 10 years has looked different. What do I expect in the future? I have no idea, but I will tell you this, and I, I share this on the podcast, so I don't want to make too much, spend too much time on it. There have been countries where you've invested in that country and people do have a home bias. They put most of their money in their country because they live there. They know it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Japan, 30 years, you're still down by about a third if you held the Nikkei over 30 years. Not saying it'll happen here. I have no idea. But that's just, to me, a reason why to spread your money around, because sometimes countries do great and sometimes they don't. By the way, Japan from 1970 through right up till 1990 had a terrific return. And and it looked like, and, and for those of us old enough to remember, it was all about Japan at that point. So... No, be diversified. And we're own a definitely lot of old enough to remember that. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. So, I mean, I would just be more diversified based on that if for no other reason. And the fact that about half of the value of stocks is outside the U.S., about half is inside. You're just spreading it around to where those companies are. That's the way I and, – and I would not trust – I would never trust if you can't if – you, if you're not okay with seeing half of your money go away, I would never trust – having it all in stocks. I mean, that's what this is suggesting, right? That's mm-hmm. what this article yeah, is telling that's what you. It's suggesting. You're diversifying into the S&P 500. Is that better than just being in 
one stock? Sure. Mm -hmm. But is it going to diverse? Is it going to protect you from a stock market crash? Absolutely not. Would not do it. Has not done. And by the way, just to carry that uh, that statement about how having the international stocks for the lost decade would have saved you and the fact that internationals now have done poorly over the past 10 years. Still, the average annual return over that 20 year period through today, almost almost 20 years is almost is is right around 7 percent. There you go. And which is a nice, this is why we say it's okay to be average. Wouldn't it be nice to just sit back and go, okay, I'm happy. My portfolio is making about 7% a year. That's good. I'm going to settle for that. That's what the market gives me. I'm good with that. It's not exciting. It's not, there's not much romance in it, right? We can't get you excited about that because it, it, soon we'll talk about stocks that have made Four thousand percent. No, we won't. Year. Not it is not soon. Okay. See, Tom. Tom's assuming that this. Pod, Pardon me. You can't. You can't promote the next right. hour of the podcast. Sorry about that. Good okay, point. so those of you listening to the podcast, sometime you'll hear that tomorrow. In the future. <laughs> okay, sometime in the future, and that's why people think that they that investing is finding the new exciting hot thing. All you got to do here's a little here's a little preview. Just add vax to the end of your name, and you're going to make a lot of money yeah. this year. You used it <laughs> so, again, didn't you? That's not investing. That really is speculating. Investing, and very famous person once said, should be as exciting as watching your grass grow, as exciting as watching the paint dry, and over time, making enough to stay well ahead of inflation. Hey, that's what it should be. Here's another interesting number. You know, I mentioned that if you owned a diversified portfolio from January 1, 2000 through the end of September 2020, you would have made about 7% per year, globally diversified. This is, a, this is not an actual investment. This is a, looking back at some numbers. But anyway, if you had owned the S&P 500, now that's the one that's been so hot the last 10 years. If you own the S&P 500 from January 1, 2000 until September 30th, 2020, what do you think you would have made a year, Tom? I, you always ask me this. I'll say it's like 5%. 6%. Okay, yeah. So you look at that. Less. You yeah. would have actually made less with the S&P 500 than with a yeah. globally diversified portfolio. But the interesting thing is, if we measure risk by a thing called standard deviation, which is basically volatility, the volatility of that portfolio over that almost 20 years was 15%, whereas uh, the average standard deviation for the for the international is going to be similar and gives you a, a, another percent return and people Our do would have forget, given you i should given say. you thank you people you. do forget one percent a year difference that's a big deal and over that's the long by the way that would be again, after doesn't feel exciting that would be after our if we had fees i take that out all the time oh okay so yeah nine so tenths if you of 1%. add in nine uh, right. oh oh but here's what, what the point i wanted to make the s p 500 made six percent per year over yep. that 20 years, almost 20 yes. years, a globally diversified, balanced portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, made 5.5% over that 20-year period with 50% less volatility. Which, for most people, is very important because, again, think back, if you own stocks, how you felt in late March. You were scared. The markets had gone down precipitously in a very short period of time. 
or just precipitous means. Anyway, I mean, the bottom line that is works. it went down fast yeah. and people were scared. I was talking to a lot of you on the, I got it. What are we going to get? Et cetera. Used to Now, luckily it's terrestrial. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, that is a big deal because really what you want to be able to do is make some money and sleep well at night, not worrying about all the things you can COVID presidential elections, et cetera, all those things that are out there that are driving stock prices that we really, at the end of the day, don't understand exactly what's moving the market. But you don't want to worry about that. But the point, the ultimate point of all this is that instead of the S&P 500 diversification, you need real diversification, massive diversification. You need to base it on your risk tolerance and your risk need. And once you build this massively diversified portfolio, the trick is just staying with it and rebalancing it. You're done. 855-935-TALK. Call anytime. Tom and Don are talking real money. Everybody needs help with their money now and again. And if you need more help than we can give in the course of this podcast or show, set up an appointment with one of our advisors for a free actual meeting with no obligation and no high-pressure sales pitch. Just go to Vestory.com. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Or call 800-386-3004. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. You know, we're always giving away educational stuff free like this show and uh, the Real Investing Journal, stuff like that. But, you know, you can get free copies of some of the books that we've and booklets we've created at vestory.com. Just go to the front page. You'll find our free books. There's a copy of you can download a copy of Financial Physics for free. You can download a copy of the Better Retirement Guidebook for free. Other stuff there. Oh, by the way, you can also get Financial Physics for free in the Apple Bookstore, and it's a really cool version of it. So if you have Apple, check that out. So go to vestry.com, get your free books. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap. <laughs>